Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. I like when the amount is mentioned. Everybody gets humble. Like, we are still seeing. What are we not seeing? It's so clear. I said we need to get an LED. It will cost us four to five million. Amen. No pressure on you. Let's put our faith together. And let's get it as soon as we can. Amen. Alright. Praise God. Um, growing up spiritually in a busy world is our Sunday school material for next month. So ensure that you have your copy at the end of the service. We're starting uh, next Sunday. It's the first Sunday of September. So make sure that you get yourself a copy and read it. That's the most important thing. Read it. All right. A couple of churches are already using it for training and development of their members. So you want to take advantage of that. Amen. Are we ready for the word this morning? I didn't hear you. Are we ready for the word this morning? All right. Let's pray. Let's get into the word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Can I get a good amen? amen. Alright. How many of you were here on Wednesday? Uh, let me see by the raising of your hands. You were here on Wednesday? Okay. I thought on what a Wednesday. How to do what? Overcome past mistakes. Now, if you were not here on Wednesday, listen to it. Get it and listen to it. And um, listen to it carefully. <laughs> it's very important how to overcome past mistakes and act on it. Today, I want to follow up on that on how to overcome difficult situations, terrible situations. That's what I want to teach this morning. We, in the early 50s and 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, a revival broke out in Nigeria with the SU movement uh, at about 60s, 60, 70s, thereabout. University of Ibadan, University of Ife, and all the Western region. And uh, Christianity became very, began to increase. And that gave birth to the likes of uh, W.F. Kumoye, Padeboye, and all that generation. They were part of that uh, revival. And um, many people do not understand, well, maybe if the Lord enables me, I would speak a little bit more on that, uh, on the revivals that have happened in Nigeria. We, we're so used to the revivals that happened outside the Azusa Street Revival and all the white revivals. But some of the greatest revivals in this country took place in this riverine area. That's the truth. So a lot of people got used. Bonnie Island here is, or rather, is, was, whatever English fits into, but just understand what I'm saying, was one of the openings by which Christianity entered into the country. And there were a lot of great miracle workers that had passed through this land. I know the only history of Boni you know is where your land stops 
so that they can give you oil money. But there have been some very great spiritual things that have taken place in this place, which I believe I'll talk about in the days to come. But then about the 80s and the 90s, the word of faith message began to come into the country. And uh, when the word of faith message came into the nation, uh, you know, we began to believe in prosperity. And we do believe in prosperity. If we didn't believe in prosperity, I'm not sure you'd be sitting in this kind of facility. So that's not where I'm going. And, and you know, people began to believe God. You know, you began to hear statements like, my God is not a poor God. Okay? By the late Archbishop Benson Idahosa. And very true. People needed to believe God for resources to do the work, to, to get the work done. But then, because of our economic situations, we began to leave the biblical truth of the subject of prosperity and begin to preach it with the lenses of our, of our poverty-stricken environment, lack of proper governance, uh, witchcraft-induced movies, and so the gospel became tainted. And when the gospel became tainted, something important started missing in the gospel, which means we no longer believed that God could take us through trials. We took out that aspect of the scriptures. And so when a believer is going through a difficult situation, the first thing we want to check out is the patterns of his bloodline. Right? We want to check out what are the altars of his father's house. And we began to bring these terms that are foreign to scriptures. And in fact, there are extra biblical terms that shouldn't be mentioned in the house of God if you're properly taught. And so through perspective began to come when it comes to uh, tribulations and trials. When people go through stuff, the first thing we're pointing out is who is after me. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Because the concept of Christianity that evolved over time is a Christianity that, listen, immediately you give your life to Christ, everything will be fine. And so, follow me, and so that became our evangelism method. So our evangelism method became like, what are you going through? Say, oh, I'm believing God for uh, a short husband. So, oh, wow. Say, my... my my pastor has power. When he prays for single people, men look for the ladies. So why did you join the church? You needed a husband. And uh, someone else, oh, I want a fair woman to marry. And you could only say that now because in the 70s, every fair woman was Mami Water. Do you know what Mami Water is? I don't know what the English name for Mami Water is. Maybe Queen of the Coast. Mami. Mamid. Okay, thank you. So, Mamid, Queen of the Coast, Mami Water. You couldn't say in the 70s that you wanted to marry a fair woman because they would have subjected her to deliverance. But when prosperity came, you have to have a fair woman to match your increase. And, and, and so, one of the things that I try to do when I teach God's Word is to make you see that there are a whole lot of stuff we do in church that's not found in the scriptures. And that shaped our perspective to problems. Meanwhile, Jesus himself told us that we would have many tribulations. Not one, many. 
In the Old Testament, people had problems. In the New Testament, problems. In today, there will be problems. Tomorrow, there will be problems. So, first of all, I want you to release your mind that you are going to have a problem-free life. It's not finding the Bible. Problems are part and parcel of your humanity and your Christian work. Are we together? So you see the song that we just sang, why it makes more meaning. Alright. So in life, your perspective is everything. Once your perspective is wrong, your action and your confession will be wrong. So, so, and, and, and the reason I'm sharing this is I'm not saying go about expecting troubles, but we have found a generation where we cannot deal with difficulties. So you can find a Christian in the house of God going through challenging times, and it's in the house of God they will show him the house of a herbalist. Because the method of entering into church was solution provision. Are you following what I'm saying? So, it's like you come to church, you're believing God for something and the problems seem unresolved. And somebody in church tells you, you know, it's not everything they say from the pulpit. I know this woman, she prays. It's not that she does not pray, but she'll miss one or two leaves, put it inside, kind, kind for you. Uh, you just be drinking it three times. No, it's not. It's not it. She will even pray with you. She attends so, so, so church. So from the church, both of you, you and your companion will now look for a solution in a building that has no signpost. And you know you can't share the testimony like that. You can't say, praise the Lord, I thank God I've been in this church for five years, pastor I've been praying, nothing has happened, but thank God for destiny helper. One day, one woman just showed me one woman like that and gave me something to drink. I just want to return all the glory to God. You know that our testimonies are not complete because some of the things we ascribe to God, God didn't actually give it to us. I know you are pretending like I'm not back and you are not hearing me, so I'll repeat it again. That sometimes our testimonies are not complete because the things we ascribe to God, He didn't do them. Say Amen. Amen. Your neighbor will think it's you. Difficult situations are part of the fallen world. Why are there troubles in life? Number one, because of a fallen world. We live in a sinful world. We live in a world that is led and governed by wicked people. Hmm? And you don't need to look far. You just need to look at our country. If there is a nation on this earth that represents the height of wickedness by its leaders, it's our beloved country. All the resources in the world, yet one of the poorest. It's, that's not a God issue. It's just humans being wicked. And we don't have... Togolese and white people leading us. It's still our brothers and our sisters. So, I mean, there'll be, there'll be troubles. When the economy comes down, there'll be troubles. When policies are made wrongly, there'll be troubles. The Christians of old, when I shared that, the Christians of old were not, were not immune. They, they didn't teach them to see trials as a difficult thing. They, they didn't train them that way. They embraced it. They stayed with God. They trusted God and they lived truth. And it's important. And that's why sometimes as a Christian, you've got to understand Christian history. When, when in the book of Acts, in the beginning of the book of Acts, right? When the church was starting, uh, 
Nero, <laughs> Nero persecuted the Christians a lot. And one of the things Nero did, uh, church, if you follow church history, was that they, they lit a fire in a major market and they, they accused the Christians of causing it. And because of that, there were a lot of persecution against the Christians. You know, it's not in, this, in, in, it's not in today's world where you put, I'm a winner's member, I'm a KDCC member, proudly desta. If you did it, then they will kill you. You couldn't, even, you couldn't even come out boldly to say you are what? You're a Christian. So let's go through some scriptures. See how we pan up this. Go, come with me to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Overcoming difficult situations. Matthew 7, verse 24. So why do we have difficult situations in life? Three reasons. Number one, sin. Right? Number two, wrong choices. Number three, we live in a, home, in, in a fallen world, sinful world. Um, Matthew chapter 7, you know, I want to read from verse... You know the story, right? The houses that are built on the rock and on the sand. How many of you know the story? Say amen if you know the story. Okay. I, I don't want to go through all the story. I want to go through... verse. Just come with me to verse 27. The rain fell. The floods came. The winds blew and slammed against that house. The rain came from the top. The floods came from underneath. And the wind came from the side. That's what I want to see. Three directions that problems came from to this house. Number one, the rain did what? Fell on it from the top. Number two, the floods came from where? From the ground. Number three, the winds blew. So there was no direction of protection for this house. Every direction possible, troubles came from it. Isn't it amazing that Jesus did not talk about the fact that these troubles would be exempted, but he said because the house was built on the rock, it did not fall. You are not going to be immune from the things people are going through. It's where your house is built that will show the difference. Christianity does not immune you from troubles. It gives you victorious power. And that's why any little thing that happens today, we want to stop church, we don't want to serve God again, we feel God failed us, we feel God did not keep his word, it's because you were not taught properly. There is never a place in scriptures where God says you will not have tribulations. He only says you will have overcoming power. The rain fell. The floods came. The winds blew. Slammed against that house. He didn't come to caress it. He slammed against it. And the house fell. That was the house that was built on sand. He says, and great was his fall. Verse 25. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. The same situations faced by two people. If there's anything I want the members of this church to be, I want you to be strong in tribulations. 
That's why I told my choir, don't change that song, right? What's the song you people sing? Uh, when, when success comes my way, right? And then they change it. Change it. Actually, the songwriter said, when trouble comes my way, then they change it. Change it. When success comes my way. No, keep it there. When trouble comes, who is scared of it? Who is scared of trouble? For better, for better. For richer, for richer. That's why you can hardly stay with your husband when things go bad. For better, for worse. Let the worst come. We'll remain standing. Is that no negative confession? No. It's immune confession. Not scared. Why are you scared of trouble? Every little thing you're bailing out, every little thing you're running, every little thing you're crying, you're always soaking your pillows with tears every time you're crying. Why are you crying? Oh, I don't understand what they're going through. This small life that somebody wants to live. Trouble every day. Trouble every day. If you keep crying, the troubles will multiply. Can you look at the devil in the eye and say, bring your best. Let's get this thing sorted once and for all. What else can you do? I don't like lily, spineless, livered Christians. They make the devil rejoice as if Jesus did not die. Somebody has been serving God. There is no proof. We don't need proof to serve God. We serve God because he loved us and we chose him. Without proof, we'll still be here. Are you still here? Praise God forevermore. (laughs) John chapter 16, verse 33. Let's hear some things from the mouth of Jesus. You know, I I told you the story before. I can't forget. I had these two, two, two guys. We later became friends. They were twins. In our school, Odia and Akiri, I can never forget those boys. Those boys, those boys bullied me when I was in school. Because I got into school quite early. You know, being a teacher's child, they were always, I mean, teacher's children always went to school early because you were playing under the school desk. Everything around you was books, so there was no TV. So, I mean, I mean, they bullied me. One day I told myself this was going to be the end. Someone was going to die. Either me or them. But after today, bullying will stop. I'm not saying it's a scriptural method. (laughs) So that day, I knew I had one chance, one blow. Don't miss it. And when we were on break, they didn't come to look for my trouble that day. That day, I was the one. (laughs) And I, (laughs) I went behind the door, waited for. The, the one that was my size to come out. Came out. Boy, I still feel the joy. <laughs> Hit him on his nose. Fell down. Blood everywhere. That was the end. We became friends. Where did that power come from? Choice. I refused to be bullied again. No extra power. I didn't exercise. My father didn't give me a motivational talk. In fact, if my, if my dad had heard, I would have been beaten. Because then pastor's child have gone to embarrass church in the school. They would have beaten me. But that day I was ready for anything. Ready for suspension from school. 
ready to be beaten at home. I had, I, had, I had imagined all the scenarios, all the scenarios. They were holding me, dragging everything. I've imagined it. And I've said my last prayers. And I'm telling you. Because sometimes the situation you're running from is just because you're running. What about if you... And that's why when... What about if you stand and you decide, listen, this I'm not moving for you. You will move. It will take time. I'm here. I will outlive you. Stop being weak. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We need favor. We need triumph. We need all those things. But listen to me. If you feed on that long enough, any little problem in your life, you'll be shaking. You'll be asking yourself, what have I done? You'll be confessing sins that you didn't commit. Oh, Father, I don't know if it's the way I slept. If I slept wrongly, Father, it's not my right. What is wrong with you? You're just looking for sin. Looking for what you have done. Apologizing when you should not apologize. You now start praying that God should forgive your great-great-grandfather. You didn't even know what he did. Say, Father, I don't care. If this is for my great-great-grandfather, he's a stupid man. Forgive him, Lord. <laughs> and the man is just in his innocence. Say, what's wrong with this one now? You know why people started searching for what was wrong in their father's house? They were not taught that tribulations were part of life. There's nothing wrong in your father's house. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In fact, there's nobody after your life. People have enough problems that they are not thinking of chasing you. <laughs> John 16, 33. <laughs> These things are spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation. In the world you have tribulation. But take courage, I've overcome the world. In the world, you will have what? What will you have in the world? Tribulation. But it says what? Hey, take courage. Take courage. It says, I've overcome them. I've overcome the world. In the world, it says, these things I'm telling you, so that your, where would your peace be? In me. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at this. Let's go very quickly. Let's look at this. Old Testament examples of people that had tribulations. Job, Job, Job. Hmm? Job chapter 1. And you know, I told you that you don't have trials in life because um, sometimes, I mean, sin can be a product of it, but maybe it's not because you sinned. Job chapter 1. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. Look at this. A man was blameless, upright, fearing God, and turning away from evil. Huh? Verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among. The Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? And said, answer the Lord and say, from roaming about on the earth, walking about it. The Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. Can you imagine the whole earth God boasted about this man? If there is a man that should not have tribulations in his life, who would that man be? Job. Do you think God can boast about you? Not by faith now. You know this one, Jesus hadn't died. Yeah, I thank you, Father, because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. No, this one was righteousness by keeping all the law. Jesus had not died. God boasted about him. Let's see what this boasting costed him. Verse 13. 
Now on the day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, on the day, everybody say the day, one day, a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing, the donkeys feeding beside them, and the servants attacked and took them. They also slew the servants with the edge of the sword. I alone have escaped. This, um, follow me, follow me. This, uh, what's it called now? These donkeys and oxen were 500 yoke of oxen and 500 donkeys. So he lost 1,000 animals in one day. 1,000. Keep the numbers. Alright? Keep the numbers. While he was still speaking, another so came. The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. I alone have escaped. The sheep were 7,000 and then the camels were 3,000. So 7 plus 3, 10,000 plus 1,000, 11,000 animals. One day. While he was still speaking, another also came, verse 17. The children formed three bands and made a raid on the camels. So 3,000 camels. And took them and stood the servant with the edge of the sword, and I have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came. Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And behold, behold a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell on the young people, and they died. I alone have escaped. When you read things in the Bible, and I've always taught you, spend some time to meditate. Here was one guy, verse, five, verse, three tells us, verse 2 and 3 tells us what he had. He had seven sons, he had three daughters. Okay? So he's got ten kids. Alright? Then he had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female. And he had very many servants. Okay? So he could, we couldn't count the servants. One day, he didn't lose these things gradually. One day, he's sitting like every normal day because troubles will not give you announcements they are not scheduled the truth of the matter is that if problems told you they were going to come you will get prepared but they don't have an announcement bell right so put yourself in that situation one day a messenger comes 500 oxen are gone say well it's just oxen thank god I still have something left before he finishes another person comes all the animals gone what does somebody say? Well, thank God, I still have my children. At least we can start again. Then comes, and you lose seven sons in one day. Lose three daughters in one day. Lose all your servants in one day, except the ones who came to tell you the news. And four times they came to tell the news. So out of everybody um, Job had, he had only four people show up. One day. The news came in one day. It didn't come in one day like one news came in the morning, you know, and came afternoon. No, no, no. All the news came at the same time. How many of you think you would survive? It's interesting. It's interesting. This one is a typical example of the rain fell, the flood arose. And the wind blew and slammed against the house. I know you like Father Abraham. But Job was put there not to complete the Bible. But to show you an example. Remember, he didn't have the Holy Spirit. Remember, he didn't have CDs. He wasn't watching TBN. Remember, he had no pastor. Most importantly, he had no Bible to read about Job. So there was no example. There was nothing for him. Just his walk with God. And as I've always told you in this church, I know my Redeemer Livet is not a sticker Job bought in church. It's something that came from his heart. 
Interesting. Interesting. What Job went through. One day. And what have you heard that is shaking your heart? Doctor's report. That you can no longer eat meat. That's why you stop church for one month. Hmm? That's why you are not harassing God with tight. Have been tight. Have been tight. You know, and it's interesting. Christians are beautiful people. When they get upset, they stop church. They stop giving. They like really want to punish God. See, that your pastor, we will make him hungry. He will die of hunger. Then you will know that we are not playing. If you want us to serve, you be serious. We, we, it's interesting. And you know, pastors don't help matter. By teaching you that you can give money and be free from everything. So our money now is very transactionary. You know, I can get the money for this LED this morning if I want to get it. Not in this church because you are well taught. Now, you see how the way all of you are laughing at me. Like, <laughs> Pastor, try us. <laughs> you know what? Let's leave that. Let's look at another. I'll just tell you that if you give now, your life will be shining like that. Your life will not be like this. How many of you, how many of you want your life to be? One area will be showing and one area will not be showing. <laughs> your marriage will work, but your job will not. Ah, no, 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 Pastor, let everything work. You don't need that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We give because God is a good God. We give because we're grateful to Him. We tithe because we're grateful to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Alright. Another person that had issues. First Samuel 30. David. That David had troubles. Oh boy. You know, David, you know we like the anointing of David. But David had troubles. You know, I was reading about David. Remember, at a point in David's life, you know what happened? He didn't even know where to stay. He was homeless. So he took his father and his mother and gave them to someone and said, please, can my father and mother stay with you because I don't know what will happen to me. Can you imagine that kind of life? You go and take your parents for the village and give them to someone else and say, please, let my parents stay here first. Let me sort out my life. You know, some of us are in that situation. Our kids are somewhere, wife somewhere, just so we can sort out our life. It's not strange. It's not strange. First Samuel 30. I was watching something the other day about a man that was homeless, and they, was ask, they were asking him, How did he become homeless? And he said, He lost his son. And from that point, he couldn't recover. And that's something that I've realized about life. Many people do not recover from difficult situations. Something happens, and they just lose it. First Samuel 30. Um, I want us to read from verse... Um, verse 1. Then it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had made a raid on the Negev and on Ziglag and had overthrown Ziglag and burned it with fire. Verse 2. And they took captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great, without killing anyone and carried them off and went their way. When David and his men came to the city, behold, it was burnt with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Verse 4, 1 Samuel 30. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until there was no more strength in them to weep. Have you experienced this situation? 
Oh, if you haven't experienced it, that means you are not a stubborn child. You are a good child. Where they will flog you and you will cry and cry and cry and cry and cry and cry and there will be no strength. You'll just be looking like that. But you know that tears are coming out. There's no power. Men cried to this extent. Listen to me. And I want us to think about this. These were not just ordinary men. These were warriors. These were fighters. David had fought all his life. He fought the lion. He fought the bear. We're not talking about a spineless man here. This was the guy that killed Goliath. This was a warrior. He cried until there was no more strength. You know, some of you think you are going through trials. David will look at you and laugh. What happened? They were supposed to pay you 21st. They have not paid you. Today is first. You say you have cried and there is no more strength. <laughs> they will say, my friend, throw that guy out of here. We are not supposed to. You know, so, you see, that's why Paul says what we go through is light afflictions. That trouble that is making you not to sleep at night is nothing. Remember, these guys didn't have Bible to read about David. Then look at the interesting thing. Now David's two wives had been taken captive. Ahinomed the Jewish and Abigail the widow of Nabal the Camelot. Six months distressed because the people spoke of stoning him. For all the people were embittered, each one because of his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. So they were, were crying together. You know, the Israelites like to cry together. <laughs> when they needed meat, the scripture said they came out of the door of their tent and cried. So they were crying together. Then after a while, they just said, we're going to kill this man. When David heard that, he stopped crying and strengthened himself in the Lord because he knows he was going to join his wives soon. Isn't it, it's one thing to go through situations. It's another thing to feel that the people who should be there with you are now thinking of killing you in the midst of that situation. Hmm? What are we talking about? How to overcome what? Difficult situations. So, I'm just showing you examples in the Bible that people went through tough times. I, I know you've read this story before. I know they are very familiar, but I want you to think of them in the light of imagine going back and everything you have is gone. And listen, this was because they were sinning. It's just, we've got an enemy out there who wants to discourage us. Alright? New Testament. New Testament. Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. Give me the New Living Bible on the, on the screen. 2 Corinthians 1, 8-9. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 8-9. <laughs> ah, thank you, Jesus. This was Paul, the great apostle who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He says, For we do not want you to be unaware of our affliction, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively. We were burdened excessively beyond our strength. Be, so that we despaired even of life. It's, it's like we, we were tired of living. This was Paul. Give me the New Living Translation and the Amplified quickly. The New Living Translation. It says, look at this. We think you ought to know Dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure and we thought we would never live through it. This was what Paul went through. He says, 
what he encountered in Asia, he thought he would never live through it. This was Paul. Called by God. You see, your life is not peculiar. That's one of the ways to overcome troubles. Don't think your situation is peculiar. Have you, have you gone to tell people certain stories when they now told you their stories? You were now comforting them. You haven't heard stories. <laughs> you know when you are talking, they will be laughing. You say, why are you laughing? You say, don't worry. Are you finished? Are you finished? You say, finish everything. And then you, you are talking. You are talking. Say, relax. Then they now give you part 1A of their troubles. You are saying, ah, and you are still living. See, that one is small. It's not the main trouble. You now become a comforter. Every time, every time you feel your problem is unique, you'll be discouraged. You are not the first person to lose someone, to lose something, to lose money. You're not the first person. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All these things that is making you stop church, get angry with pastors, throw, throw your Bible, you throw your Bible, only you go and pick it. You stop playing music. You now even go and play Bob Marley. Bob Marley said it. Bob Marley said it. <laughs> You are not born again. If you ask a lot of people who are bitter against the church, right? It's simple. They went through a crisis and they felt maybe the church wasn't there. People didn't support them. Then they get bitter and start blasting the church. Because you ask, how come they have so much information about church if they really never believed in the church? There were people who were once committed and they could not go through a trial. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Brother Copeland talked about in Southwest Believers Convention about the pastor who had gone through a very terrible time. His church turned against him. The guy became an alcoholic. And they went to preach somewhere. And they went to preach somewhere. And uh, went to preach in like a bar or something. And then this guy was coming you know, drunk, and he saw Brother Copeland and met him. I said, can you pray for me? Brother Copeland prayed for him, and instantly he became sober. And he said, I used to be a preacher. So imagine if that preacher was talking against the church. He would have all the facts and information. Don't think all these people posting about churches on social media is just because of what churches did wrong. It's because some of them could not survive certain trials. Maybe they had only one parent looking after them. And that parent passed on. And was like, but God I prayed. But God I stood. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They've invested one money and they have promised God. You know how it is. Lord, if this money comes, I will buy pastor's shoe. And then, money did not come. Lost everything. He's like, but God I vowed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, if you don't process afflictions well, it will drown you. Make you bitter. So Paul says, Amplified. Do you have the Amplified, please? Amplified. He says, For we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about the affliction and oppressing distress which befell us in the province of Asia, how we were so utterly and unbearably weighed down and crushed that we despaired even of life. He said, I was crushed. It was unbearable. This was Paul. Speaking. Let's see something again. Second Corinthians 4 8. Second Corinthians 4 8. Paul went through stuff, man, I'm telling you. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. 
We are afflicted on every way, but not crushed. Per- perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Look at the things this man is talking about. You know, I tell people all the time. I mean, sometimes people call me an apostle and all that. But, I mean. You know, because, I mean, I preach in the nations. I train pastors. I train leaders and all of that. Amen. By the way, a good door opened up for us. Uh, um, I was invited to, to come and teach at um, Archbishop Benson Idaosa's Bible School next week. So I'm going to be teaching there. Praise God. Yeah, so I'm going to be teaching all the students on the concept of the Timothy next week, Tuesday, at the All Nations. Now, you know, those are the things we testify of today. But when you read what Apostle Paul testified of, of what made him an apostle, Eh? Boy, in beating often. <laughs> Say the Jews gave me 39 save one. That's <laughs> strokes. As mark of an apostle. You think if they were going to flog me in Benin, I will announce it? <laughs> I'll just put my line, my phone on flight mode. This number you are calling is not available at the moment. Can you see sometimes that the Christianity we practice and what we see in the Bible are opposite? We like the soft life. We are carrying it into Christianity. Eh? <laughs> Persecuted but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroyed. Even Jesus, the Bible says, in the days of his flesh, he cried with loud cries to the one who could save him. Right? Go and study. I always encourage you to go and study. When the Bible says his, um, his sweat was like blood, go and study what that means. Go and study how much intense emotional problem can cause your sweat to become like blood. Go and read it. What is making you angry is one promotion later that has not come for two years. And you are very comfortable. That is what is now you are now using to harass every prayer platform. Every Facebook prayer, you are there. Join my faith with you. Join my, you have joined your faith with everybody in this world. Your name is on every prayer platform. Extra hundred thousand is why you have spread your name around the world. How do you overcome difficult situations? Six steps. Number one. How many of you realize now that difficult situations can always come? Amen. Now, we're not praying for them. We're not expecting them, but they are realities. You know, sometimes, uh, I, 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 you know, myself and Pastor Mary were discussing, and you know, talking about my son as he's becoming a teenager. There are certain things I just expect of him. He's just, I mean, <laughs> all right? The man is choice of clothes now will change. You think this is what he likes to wear. He, he will want to wear this one. You just expect it. Because even your own time when you were a teenager, eh, you also had your own whatever you thought you would, would be okay for you. So we're not training you to expect problems, but realize that they are part of life. Just realize it. So when problem comes, you're just like, oh, okay, good, 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 good. Yeah. Hmm? You know, I follow football sometimes. So, our enemies yesterday <laughs> thought, but the prophet was behind, pushing things in the spirit. 
So I was telling I was telling the folks, I said, you know what? This year we are not winning the league. Do you understand that? Uh-huh. So you enter knowing what to expect. We are not like some people. <laughs> Build strength daily. <laughs> Number one, they know themselves. Eh? Every year is their year. All right. Proverbs twenty four ten. Proverbs twenty four ten. Build strength daily. Build strength daily. Build strength daily. It says, if you are slack in the day of distress, your strength is limited. Give me the amplified version. If you fail in the day of adversity, your strength is small. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength. So, what is making you faint is not the adversity, it's your strength. It's not the problem you went through, it's the strength you have. Right? Hello? Strength you have. He says, in the day of problems, if you fail, forget about, ah, this problem is so big. Mm -mm, It was limited strength. So, if you are wise, what do you do? You build strength. Now, listen to this. Building strength when the problem has come is almost too late. So, you know what? Let me tell you. If the wisest thing you can do in your life now is when you get up every morning, build strength. You see that coming to church, you're coming to church every week. Come on, what are you doing? Building strength. Hmm? Those messages you listen to every day, come on, what are you doing? Building strength. That morning devotion, you acquire time, you're having every, every day. What are you doing? Come on somebody, what are you doing? You're building strength. So, so you know, when I used to have a lot of time, I used to go to the gym, right? And when you go to the gym, you discover all those trainers, right? They can train somebody on 20 kg, 30 kg, 40 kg, 50 kg, and all the kgs, right? Because they do that every day. That's their work. You know, one time my gym instructor was instructing me on something, so I had to clarify him. I said, see, I know my purpose in life. I'm not confused about that. My purpose is to teach God's word. Anything I'm coming to do here is extra. So let both of us have the same mind towards my life. You can do it, you can do it. It's not, it, I'm the one to tell you where I, yeah, where I, yeah, it's in you, it's in you. No, I'm not Kanuanko. It's not in me. When it comes to this, I'm the one that tells you I'm tired. Say 40 times, 3 times, I say no, it's 10 10. And I'll go home. <laughs> if it's Bible, I can't. But this one, do you understand? <laughs> but you know why he can do that all the time? He goes, that's his work. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's building strength daily. How did your children grow? They eat daily. Saints, every day, put something in your spirit. That confession you're confessing every day, Psalm 91, you're building protection against the day of trial, against the day of accident. It's not when you now see the vehicle coming, you're not shouting Jesus like Nigerian, Jesus! Oof. You know, once you hear Jesus, you know that hey, this guy has died. And it's a very wrong interpretation <laughs> of how people shout Jesus and end up with bandage. You know, so, but it shouldn't be, actually. But when you shout Jesus, you're supposed to be saved. But the Nigerian film act otherwise. That's why you need to be careful. 
There's some of you who put the name on repeat mode. Jesus, Jesus, the way he says not working. After calling your grandfather, who name? Who name? <laughs> no strength. No strength. No strength. No strength. So put strength in your spirit. Pray every day. Read the word every day. Fast when there's no problem. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Speak healing scriptures when there's no sickness. Speak financial scriptures when there's no lack. Believe God for money when it's not urgent. You know, I did something with my wife. Very beautiful stuff. You know, I was trusting God for some money to come in. So I, I put an account that was not act, was okay, but not like I'm using it. It's just the adornment. I, I kept putting my faith in for the money to go there. Putting my faith in for the money to go there. The money got to an extent. So I said, oh, no, I've gotten what I want for. I said, well, I can just believe for some more. And I just kept believing. I kept believing. I kept believing. We went so I said, well, I can just believe for some more. What am I doing? I'm not putting my faith on for finances because I have an emergency. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Pray about your children when they have not started. Huh? Pray about their marriage now. Nothing is too far to build strength for. Are you hearing what I'm saying? About your old age, start declaring God's word. My natural eyes are not dim. My strength is not abated. As Caleb was, so I am when I'm 80. What are you doing? You're building strength. Because you see, in the midst of war, that's not when to learn how to shoot guns. Are you hearing this now? Alright. So, number one, build strength how many times? I want to hear that word loud and clear. How many times? So, can I tell you something? When they say, read your Bible every day, you are not doing pastor good. What are you doing? You're building strength. Sowing and reaping. Give when there's no emergency. Where there's nothing you're sowing for. Plan your giving. Just once in a while, give big to the kingdom. What are you doing? You're building financial strength. How many of you know people who make money in the stock market are those who trade consistently? Eh? Most people who don't make money are the ones who are just looking for quick means of doing what? Making money. I, 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 they will just put all their life in there and then come out. And they don't learn lesson. They will not follow another one. <laughs> Alright, number two. Don't think your problem is unique and uncommon. Don't think it's, it's unique. It's just that you've not heard what others are going through. Don't think it's unique and uncommon. Your problem is not unique. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Am I right with the scripture? Let me have that up quickly. First Corinthians 10, 13. Let me see. I'm not sure about this now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. First Corinthians 10, 13. New Living Translation. The temptations in your life are not different from what others experience. And God is faithful. Somebody say, God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you can endure. So you can endure. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation that is on your life right now is uncommon. Are you hearing this? Hey, it's not uncommon. Hmm? It's not peculiar to you. Don't make the devil feel it's only you going through this. It's not only you. It's because we don't share the challenges that we go through. 
So it's not uncommon. You see, as pastors, we know that the challenges you are going through is not uncommon. You know why? Because as we interact with people in counseling, right? As we interact with all kinds of people, they share their experience and we know, oh, I've counseled someone with this kind of problem before. Similar problems. We're to group people in the world based on problems. You find your group. <laughs> all of you, this group with this particular challenge, go here. You find your group. Inflation in our country is not uncommon. You know, sometimes you come to, you feel, oh, Nigeria is bad. bad. <laughs> we were in Ghana last week. Everybody was complaining. Because in the US, the other time I was preaching. Everybody was complaining. <laughs> I was going to my hotel in New York, and the guy who was taking me in Uber, it's from Bangladesh or something, I was just complaining about their money. How much they make? How is he able to say? He was just complaining in my mind. <laughs> you know, you're almost feeling like, do you want us to exchange places? Do you want the pastor? Okay, this is it. Let me do by here. But it is what it is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Myself and my friend were going to the meeting. We needed to save some costs. So we, we, we got somewhere. So we used to walk during the morning and then evening we take Uber. But we were walking past and then we saw some homeless people under the bridge. So he now turned to me and said, it's not only under our bridge that people sleep. I said, my brother, it's, not, it's just that we can't snap and post. But <laughs> it's not uncommon. Ah, people are on that bridge in Ikeja. People are on that bridge in Ikeja. That was in Texas. People were on that bridge. So if we were to say all those on that bridge go this way, you see people from Texas, people from Asia, people from Nigeria, people from Togo, you'll be surprised. Say, you are white. What are you doing here? Say, we're on that bridge. You called our case. It's not uncommon. You're trusting God for the fruit of the womb. It's not uncommon. You're trusting God for your church to grow. It's not uncommon. You're trusting God for more finances. It's not uncommon. Somebody say, my problem is not uncommon. See, the devil will isolate you once he makes you think you're the only one going through this. And of course, you know why the devil will isolate you? Everybody on social media is smiling. Isn't it amazing how people smile and next day you hear they are not married anymore? <laughs> next day, we want to thank everyone. Hey, but you guys were smiling yesterday. We don't post our challenges on social media. Some people do, but Everybody on social media, the life is good. Their church is great. They are fantastic people. Praise God. Number three, do not run from God. Run to Him. And this is one mistake a lot of people make when they go through challenging times. They run from God. They stop going to church. They stop listening to the Word of God. They stop praying. And you know what? That exactly what the devil wants you to do. He wants to cut off your source of victory. They stop talking to people. Isolating yourself is not the key to victory. Come on. I said what? Isolating yourself is not the key to victory. So, don't isolate yourself. Don't run from God. God is not against you. God is for you. What did the Bible tell us about David? It says he strengthened himself in the Lord. What did Paul tell us about the thorn in the flesh? He says, I prayed and God says, my grace is sufficient for you. See, sometimes when you go through the things you're going through and you come out, when people ask you, how did you survive? Listen to me. It's the grace of God. The grace of God is not just for forgiveness of sins. It's to enable you to go through difficult times. 
We've not really studied that subject of grace so well. Go through tough times. And I'm not just talking about light problems here. I'm talking about tough afflictions that should crumble people. You go through them. So, when people are in trouble, they cut off spiritual discipline, they cut off church, they cut off the brethren, they feel like God has filled them. That is exactly what the devil wants to do. He wants to isolate you. He wants you to doubt the faithfulness of God. He wants you to doubt the goodness of God. Whenever we go through some challenging times, I tell myself, God is for us and not against us. I remember when Pastor Mary had a miscarriage uh, before our daughter. We had to go through that. Right? We had to go through that. And at the same time, we had to minister to people. We had to preach to people. Amen. We knew all the scriptures. We acted on the word. Number, number word. Number four. Increase your intake of the word and feed the word to that situation. Use the word and his name consistently. I like this. This is one key I have in my life. Job chapter 14, verse 7 to 9. I like this. It says, For there is a hope, for there is hope for a tree, if it is cut down, that it will sprout again, and its tender shoots will not cease. It says, Though its root may grow old in the earth, and its stump may die in the ground, yet at the scent of water it will bud, and it will bring forth branches. Listen to me, say, child of God, when you're going through situations, Feed that problem the word of God. Oh, man, if there's any key, I'll tell you, it can be a master key, my brother, it's this key. You know what the Bible says about David? It says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. When he encouraged himself in the Lord, what happened? God began to give him how to overcome. And he told God, can, should I pursue and recover? God says, yeah, well, go ahead, pursue and recover. God gave him the master plan. You know why? He encouraged himself in the Lord. You see, when you're going through terrible situations in your life, feed your faith. Listen to the word. Listen to messages. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Get, see, if the word of God hits any spot of faith in your heart, that becomes the road to victory. You know, I know what we want to do when we're going through troubles. What do we want to do? Put the children to bed, off the light, and cry. And thank God. I mean, I'm, I don't have anything against therapy. You know, I like you know, therapy people. Say, cry it out. Cry it out. Ooh, say, cry it out. Just cry. Don't change anything. Make you feel better. But it's just you feeling better. When all the tears are drowned, and you look at the situation again, more tears will start welling up. Hmm? I read something they were doing now. I don't even know what they call it. It's called it like anger room. I don't know what they call it. These are beautiful names for these things. Right? Don't manage your anger. Get rid of it. I'm going for an anger management class. Why? Why do you want to manage it? So when I get angry, when I, even my children. And you ask, let's leave that. So they go into this room, you know, maybe... <laughs> you go into this room maybe you were offended with your father or something, something happened, you go into this room they lock you up, then you start talking and talking and blowing things say yes, it's good for you, scatter as much as you want to scatter Papa, I hate you, I hate you, Papa, I hate you after one hour you come out (laughs) it's therapy, it's good touches the soul But God's word, the love of God can walk in your hearts 
and you see that same man. Eh? How many of you, I know you, you know Joyce Mayer. How many of you know Joyce Mayer? Eh? You, I mean, there's no how you know Joyce Mayer and not know his father. Her father, right? At least talked about the man. Guess what? At the end of the day, forgive the man, baptize the man. man wasn't, he didn't need to blow anything. Because the day you finally see that person, you remember how you used to blow things in that room and give it to the person. What I'm saying is, don't go for shortcuts. Get in the word. Feed the word to that situation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Get one scripture. And every time the devil puts up that situation in your heart, quote the word to him. Never run at the giant with your mouth closed. Say something. Declare something. Speak something. Use the name of Jesus and stop the enemy from advancing. Hallelujah. You know, there's something, there's some, I, I love so many things about my wife, but there's something I love about her, which I'm still learning. If something is missing, very natural thing is missing. I'm not talking about, very natural thing is missing. She'll just say, Holy Spirit, help me. Where is it? Uh, and, and she will find it. I mean, she uses it for buttons. She uses it for needles. She uses it for cooking in the kitchen. It's interesting. You know, I really don't. It's when she has. So I have been looking for one document for the past two days. And I was looking for it, and the Holy Spirit said, told me, ah, you have someone in your house that can be of help. So I just called her, I said, ah, babe, please help me, I'm looking for this document. Interestingly, she just walked into the room, she just said, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, ah, she just said, I know where it is. She went to the children's room and picked it. Let me tell you, in this life and in the life to come, I will not have entered that room. I've checked my office, I've checked my study in the house. I even called my secretary to check her office. I mean, we would have ransacked it. You would have come and realized that the church is not here. The pastor is looking for documents. <laughs> Building turned upside down. Now, what am I trying to say? It's about feeding. Give, give God an opportunity to help me. Did I pray about it? No. I was calculating. Where did I enter last? I walked like this. <laughs> and I entered the air. Then I, hey, hey, you know, no. You're using your memory. Your memory is limited. Let me tell you, I will never have gone to those children's room. Never. Are you following what I'm saying? Why did I use that example? This situation you're going through, have you allowed God to help you? I know you've called your uncle. I know you've called your mother. I know you've called your brother. But have you, have you fed the word of God to that situation and say, I know this is going to change because God is going to give me the way out. Remember what we read, right? He will provide the way of escape. So what we're looking for in this situation is the way of escape. Can you say amen? amen. Alright, number five. We have six, so we're done. Number five. This is the most difficult. Offer the sacrifice of praise. Ensure that the fruit of your lip is declaring the end result and giving thanks to God. How do you overcome a difficult situation? Hebrews thirteen fifteen. Help me guys. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15. Oh, offer the sacrifice of praise. Offer. It's a sacrifice because it's not convenient. It's a sacrifice. Hebrews 13, 15. Offer. Look at that situation and offer the sacrifice of praise. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15. Look at what the Bible says. Through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of, of praise to God. That is the fruit of the lips that give thanks to him. His name. Use your mouth and say thank you, Jesus. Listen, it will go contrary to your feelings. Can you imagine Job lifting his hands and saying, Thank you, Jesus? Right? 
Look at First Thessalonians 5.18. First Thessalonians 5.18. Is somebody getting blessed this morning? How to overcome difficult situations. I believe for the rest of our life, no situation is going to hold us down anymore. Glory to the name of the Lord. We're going to build strength every day. Praise the name of the Lord. We're going to build strength every day. In everything, give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It did not say for everything. We're not thanking God for the situation. What are we doing? In the situation, we are thanking God. So we're not thanking God that things got bad, but things are bad. And in the midst of it, we are doing what? Giving thanks. Proverbs 18.21 Proverbs 18.21 Proverbs 18.21 And this is very important. Proverbs 18.21 Death and life. Let's look at verse 20. With the fruit uh, with the fruit of a man's mouth his stomach will be satisfied. He will be satisfied with the product of his lips. I'm going to be teaching this on the Faith Refreshers Conference the Lord helping me. The product of his lips the New American Standard Bible says that means your lip is producing something. You'll be satisfied with the product of your lips. Dead and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Listen to me. Whatever situation you're going through, ensure that your mouth is not siding with the devil. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They say, ah, this thing will kill me. You will die. It looks good. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Every time that situation rears up his head, says, I'm, I'm, I'm having the victory. God is on my side. You see, declare the end result. You see what Paul says? He says we are crushed, but we are not discouraged. He talks about the situation, then he talks about the end result. He says we are pressed on every side, but not... You you understand that? You can say, this is what I'm going through, but I'm having the victory. This is it, but I'm having the victory. Glory to the name of the Lord. The final words that leave your mouth must be the end result of that situation. This marriage is working in Jesus' name. This womb is carrying my children in the name of Jesus. Every time the situation rises up its head, you declare with thanksgiving the end result. Hallelujah. You say the end result. And number six, Job 19.25. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Is somebody getting blessed this morning? Are you getting blessed this morning? Never again will you run from situations. Hallelujah. We're not scared. Let the devil bring his worst. We are going to be victorious. Hallelujah. We're not running away. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In this nation, we are going to prosper. We will increase. We will be a blessing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Our eyes will see the glory of the Lord. We will be an example of the, of the people that God had blessed. Men will look at us and say, Hey, what's going on? And we will say in this same year, Glory to God, we walked in victory. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Job 19, 25. We're not scared. We're not running away from God. We're examples of overcomers. If a new Bible is to be written, a name will be found in there. Because we overcame. Hallelujah. Job 19.25 As for me, I know that my Redeemer lives. And at the last, He will take His stand on the earth. I know my Redeemer lives. You know, women are very... Women are very... Women are very loving in terms of when crisis hits. Let's say a husband is sick. A woman will be there really... 
Women are there. They hardly run away and leave their husbands except something is wrong. For Joe's wife to say, cause God and die, it will tell you how bad the situation of Job was for the wife to prefer to be a voluntary widow. Right? Tell you how bad. But in the midst of that, Job says, I know my Redeemer lives. Can I tell you something? Do you know everything that happened around Job did not look like he had a Redeemer? Everything looked like there was no God. Listen, if Job's case happened today, we will question everything about God. But how did his life end? He had double. In fact, what I liked about the ending of Job, the Bible says he had more beautiful daughters. Which means that God ensured that his daughters were more beautiful than the ones they had. So that when Job looked at his daughter's face, he's now wondering, I thank God for you, shall, but mm, if it was Patricia, Patricia's nose. Oh, no, God ensured. This is me. God ensured that by the time Job saw his new daughter, he was like, hmm, thank God some people. And more beautiful. See, God knows how to get things better for you. You're not coming out worse, you're coming out better. Somebody, I said, you're not coming out worse, you are coming out better. I, come on, somebody, I said, you're not coming out worse, you are coming out better in the name of Jesus. Ephesians 6.13 says, having done all, stand. I've done everything, pastor. What else should I do? Don't move, stand. Stand. Hallelujah. Let's be on our feet. For the next five minutes, I'd like us to pray. If you're going through any tough situation, I'm just going to spend time just to pray in five minutes. In five minutes, we're going to spend time to pray. We're going to have the worship team on. And I know we have visitors in this place today, but just allow us, we'll be done exactly when we should be done. Just get on the keyboard for me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Stop the recording, please. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Now listen, in the next five minutes, we're just going to have the worship team sing. And I want you to just pray. If there's anything in your life right now that looks like a tough situation, I need you to just commit it to God with a voice of thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord Jesus. On Wednesday, I ministered to some people. I prayed along with some people. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Let's just lift up our voices and begin to pray. Oh, Shabala Katande Broseke Telebosta Manentos. Oh, Zika Baladoza Kila Shanda Baradosa. Ela Baso Kapala. Can we pray? Let's lift up our voices and pray. Oh, Brande So Kapalida Shanda. Oh, Zebelege Shebeleta Banda Baba 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 Baba. Langro Sapala da 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 bacasate balada da da ba. Lengo Shabelataya. Oh, Zika Pereda, da 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 Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 805 
888 7575. God bless you.